someone else has already said it best. This is the best, the best of them. The best ones aren't as good as you probably think they are. What is best in life? I did the best I could. Doing my best. 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 Hello, 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 and welcome to Best of the Best podcast, sponsored by Booty Sweat. <laughs> when you it's, consider so many controversies in this film, you forget about that one. Yeah. Uh, Connor Keys here alongside me, Mr. Ronan Big Booty Sweat Mullen, uh, here with the one and only Tropic Thunder. Booty Sweat was a real drink too. Was, was it really? They actually released them on Amazon and sold them in colleges and stuff. <laughs> it was only out for like two months, but it was really, I would lo- love to know what. I'd love to know the flavour. What booty does, sweat tastes like. What does booty sweat taste like? <laughs> and whether I can get a bust a nut bar. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, so Ben Stiller's Tropic Thunder, mm. uh, the uh, 2008. 2008. 2008, a satirical comedy, but definitely a comedy. Definitely a comedy. But also um, very, very smart. Yeah. On took, so many layers. I, I think they were working on it for like, I think a good solid eight years with three people working on this. Script. Right, okay. Written and by, um, or created by Justin Theroux. Theroux, yeah. Um, I'm Ben Stiller and co-written with Eaton Cohen, not Ethan Cohen, Eaton <laughs> Eaton Cohen. Cohen. And uh, yeah, so I mean, it, uh, sort of give the brief synopsis of it. So we've got a, a, a what looks to be in all trailers, a, a Vietnam Mm-hmm. War movie, mm-hmm. and in fact, what it is is the story of the making of a Vietnam War movie. Yes, that doesn't go very well. That also has a mockumentary about the making of the making, <laughs> yeah. which we'll get to in a bit. Inception levels yes. of uh, of satire. So we have. Uh, I mean, where do we start? Well, the cast. I mean, it's a, such a lengthy, um, very bro heavy cast. Um, heavy on the bros is right. Heavy on the bros. I don't know if there's a female. Line in it, I don't uh, believe apart from so. Maybe uh, one of the assistants, maybe. But so we've start with um, the main character, sort of Ben Stiller, mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr., mm-hmm. Jack Black, uh, mm-hmm. Brandon T. Jackson, uh, Jay Barshow, Jay Barshow, Matthew McConaughey, Tom Cruise, Bill Hader, the Nolte, the Nolte, <laughs> the Mixter, Mixter, uh, Steve Coogan, Steve Coogan, uh, Danny McBride. It's it's just a who's who of comedy uh, actors, and it's absolutely uh, well. It needed that level of quality to pull this off. I do believe uh, it uh, was a apparently it was an idea that Ben Stiller had in the eighties when he was on the film Empire of the Sun, the mm-hmm. Spielberg film. Yes, and he was coming back from filming it, and he was hearing from all his friends who were in like Hamburger Hill and Platoon and stuff that uh, they had to go to these. You know, boot camps to simulate the realities of war, and his original idea was to be a film about the guys coming back from just the boot camp, right? And having like war memories from just the boot camp. <laughs> so they were going through; they were suffering PTSD from just the boot camps of war. But they were talking about in the in the 
the documentary of this is PPSD, <laughs> post, post platoon stress disorder. The first person diagnosed was Charlie Sheen. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the that's the sort of element, and he couldn't get over how, in his words, Stiller found it funny because he thought being an actor in a war film was nothing like being a real soldier <laughs> in a real war. Which is very true. Well, I think might be yeah, very factual. But also, if you know, to take it to take it to that extreme, I think he was just pissed off because he also auditioned for platoon and get in. Right. Okay. Because if you're if you're not a chef, you still have to train with a chef to act a chef <laughs> in a film. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't have to really take it that seriously. No. But I think he he went to the nth degree with it and had this idea of a film that went wrong because of the actors having. PPTSD, <laughs> but uh, they developed it into something else. And I think also it found this formula of the film we see because Justin Theroux stated that a lot of people knew now because of behind the scenes documentaries and Hollywood vlogs, etc. Yeah. They knew how films were made. Yeah. So there was no need. They didn't have to over explain any of this film. People understood Absolutely, what yeah. was going on. Yeah. Uh, and that's the smart thing about it too is the, because of what it is, is it's a delve into not just the Vietnam making of movies mm-hmm. but just the making of movies in general yes the, the many layers to it um that very easy things can go wrong just because you picked the wrong cast or the wrong crew member well what's the quote there on the first day they're already behind by nearly two million dollars yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by 4 p.m on day one they were already behind <laughs> so you've got the these are uh the cast members are playing cast members mm-hmm. of uh, a new film to come out, which is based on the uh, supposed life stories from Dean Nolte, yeah, uh, who plays uh, Tayback. <laughs> Clover, <laughs> four-leaf Clover, is it? Or four, uh, yeah, four <laughs> leaf, has four-leaf Tayback. Four-leaf Tayback, who's who the has, author uh, of the memoir *Tropic Thunder*, who had lost his hands. Yeah. Uh, in the in the in the Vietnam War, he did, and his this is them telling their tale, uh, the tale of of Tayback. So that's Ben Stiller's character, Tug Speedman, mm-hmm. who has been in what seems to be an endless amount of uh, action movies based on the one <laughs> character. Which again, we have to start with at the yeah. start of this film. There's three fantastic uh, trailers. Fantastic. <laughs> what you heard was a commercial for uh, Al Pacino, the yeah. characters. Uh, Product booty sweat and busted up, but what what also is involved at the start is three like note perfect trailers yeah, for unreal. films that apparently exist in this world but don't exist. <laughs> um, so the one with Robin Downey Satan's Alley, yes, he portrays a gay priest in Ireland alongside yeah. Tobey Maguire, and it's just <laughs> these amazing shots of them sort of staring at each other side eyed. We'll come to Satan's Alley later yeah, on. Yeah, 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 wow. so good. Maybe not literally, but... No, you know, no, maybe, I don't yeah. want to come to... Figuratively, no. Uh, so, yes, you've got these together. Now, the, the standout thing at the time, because um, Jack Black's in it, and he plays a, a heroin addict who's yeah. a, a comedy actor again. A washed-up child actor. <coughs> yeah, sort of has that uh, Eddie Murphy vibe of it, because every film he's in, he plays all the characters in it and that sort of stuff. Uh, but the, the standout role, then, is Robert Downey Jr. as uh, an Australian Kirk Lazarus. He was originally meant to be Irish. He was originally meant to be Irish. I didn't know that. <laughs> and, and the uh, reason that he uh, it was literally on the fly, they went, it's going to be Irish. And he says, I prefer if it was Australian because I've done an Australian accent before in Natural Born Killers. Oh, yeah, okay. And he says, I have a really good Australian accent. He says, I'm not really good at Irish. And they went, okay. Also, you're going to have to do like an African-American voice as well. Mm-hmm. And he went, oh, I can do that. <laughs> yeah. So Irish was his like no-go yeah, area. No-go. 
so yes, Robert Downey Jr. I mean, I don't know. In 2021, would this film be commissioned? I'm not too sure. No, and the but question thankfully, is, uh, it did in 2008 because he absolutely yeah. nails it. So yeah, and it's, it's not. We'll we'll discuss that along with other controversies. But he has been asked, could it be made? And he says, yes, it could be made. Mm. Should it be made? Is another question. Yeah, but I think they they did it very well and did it so smart in explaining the that that it's not just blackface for the sake of it no. and it needed to be an actor who could carry it off and it on, Downey was only one you couldn't picture anybody else being able to have the yeah I don't know what you'll call it the depth to it I mean because well, you see behind the whole facade which is also genius in his behalf like I right, well fuck it we'll go there now he himself has said that the type of actors that he was lampooning uh with his performance were unfortunately fucking idiots like myself yeah who are method actors who take it too seriously yes. and go in depth. But as it states in the documentary of the making of the making of the film, yeah. he was offered the role of Tug Speedman, but turned it down because he liked Lazarus's role better. Right, yes. So he preferred to play a guy who's so up his arse as a white <laughs> actor that he would prefer to play the black actor and take away the role from established black, black actors. actors. <laughs> yeah. And the joy of the film, too, the sort of the whole explanation to it was. Um, about the skin pixelation and the surgery yes. and all that sort of stuff in the process and it's fucking when it's clearly it's black brilliant like, but, but what, what he was mimicking uh, there was a guy called C. Thomas Howell an actor mm-hmm. he's, in, he's in quite a few films and in the 80s there was a film called Soul Man do you remember this yes, film? Yes I remember Soul Man yeah. so this is a guy who puts on blackface in order mm-hmm. to be qualified for a scholarship for African Americans uh, exclusively Steve Martin so Steve Martin's yes. right so it's awful <laughs> Their justification back then was I but sure Dustin Hoffman played a white woman in Tootsie mm-hmm. To get a career progression So Yeah No it's Not the same No They're parodying that type of person Who had such an ego to say Yeah I'll do blackface as long as it's funny mm-hmm. But that's that's no. why it's funny in this film It's not funny in that film Exactly They've, they've come at it They've added the irony to it They know exactly what they're you know they're yeah. they're having to go with those who did try that in the past and and uh, as you say it's about delving into the actors who are so fucking full of themselves that they actually believe this is a good idea yeah uh now what happens is what transpires in this movie is you've got an absolute banging performance from downey jr an who, oscar nominated performance from downey jr does genuinely pull it off so well and makes you believe in the character yeah and really fully behind it. The film itself comes out with, I mean, there's so many quotable bits to it, so many quotable lines. Um, probably one of the most famous. Again, could it be made today? I don't know. Don't think so. Um, but again, they it, it's, it's, I always look at it as being it's a very Americanized word anyway. Mm-hmm. It's not something sort of used um, here as nah, much. No, it's nah. very, very American. But it's become so... Well used over there. I don't know if they have they called have they called it out. Have they stopped using the word retard in America? I think it's bleeped in one of the region, one a certain region of the DVD release. All oh, right, okay. That they don't. It isn't used. But in the American one, no, nothing's. There's actually a director's cut of the film out, right? An extended version of it, and it includes every scene that has the word in it. So yeah. don't know. Well, here it is. This is the scene that's sort of the the most quotable then uh, um, that came out of it uh, from Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, exactly. You know. There were times when I was doing Jack that I actually felt retarded, like really retarded. I mean, I brushed my teeth retarded. I 
robust retarded. Damn. In a weird way, I had to sort of just free myself up to believe that it was okay to be stupid or dumb. To be a moron. Yeah. To be moronical. Exactly. To be a moron. An imbecile. Yeah. Like the dumbest motherfucker that ever lived. <laughs> when I was playing the character. When you was a character. Yeah, yeah, I mean, as Jack, definitely. Yeah. Jack. Stupid-ass Jack. Trying to come back from that. In a weird way, it was almost like I had to sort of fool my mind into believing that it wasn't retarded. And by the end of the whole thing, I was like, wait a minute, you know? I flushed so much out, how am I gonna jumpstart it up again? It's just like... Yeah. Yeah, right? You was farting in bathtubs and laughing your ass off. Yeah. 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 But Simple Jack thought he was smart. Or rather, didn't think he was retarded, so he can't afford to play retarded being a smart actor. Playing a guy who ain't smart but thinks he is, that's tricky. Hmm. Tricky. It's like working with mercury. It's high science, man. It's art form. Yeah. You an artist. Mm. That's what we do, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hats off for going there. Especially knowing how the academy is about that shit. Wait. About what? You're serious? You don't know. <laughs> Everybody knows you never go full retard. <laughs> what do you mean? Check it out. Dustin Hoffman, Ray Man, look retarded, act retarded, not retarded. Count two picks, cheated cards, autistic, show, not retarded. They got Tom Hanks, Forrest Gump. Slow, yes, retarded, maybe, braces on his legs. But he chomped the pants off next to him and he won a ping pong competition? <laughs> that ain't retarded. He was a goddamn war hero. Right. You know any retarded war heroes? <laughs> you went full retard, man. Never go full retard. You don't buy that? That's Sean Penn, 2001, I am saying. <laughs> Remember? Went full retard. Went home empty handed. And you can, like, <laughs> you can. That whole, there's nothing edited from that in the script. No. It's the only bit of the script they say that they didn't touch because when they wrote it, they went, this is so close to the bone. It's so close to the bone, but also so true. Yeah. And what they're saying, obviously oh. it's quite offensive and what they're roundabout way of saying, but they're really delving into the depth of what level of learning difficulty you can get away with exactly without being exactly. offensive and, and they're this, actually laying it out for you and this, this is, is how you do it but, this is but eating, again they just shut it down going you don't you never go for a retard. you don't and that's <laughs> this is Eaton Cohen wrote this thing uh-huh. and Eaton Cohen said as we as I stated in the scene doesn't really have to be said again the scenes were meant to satirize emotionally exploitative depictions of mental disability in movies such as Rayman, Forrest Gump, I Am Sam and Radio as well as the actors who choose to take these roles yeah so that, that's all it is. Yeah. That's, uh, Again, let's, we can't think of this as anything else other than it's, it's satire wrapped in comedy. Yeah. Satire. You're not meant to dig too deep. Exactly. Yes. Um, so to add another satirical layer to it all is the addition of the cruiser. <laughs> who, who I didn't know developed this character exclusively on his own. Oh, is that right? He came up with this character. He was meant to play Speedman. Right, okay. As the Tom Hanks action hero playing a Tom Hanks-like action hero. Yes, yes. But then he said, no, nah, it's not really for me. Um, but I have this character I've been working on. And he came fully formed. He even picked the fat hands and everything. He picked <laughs> er- the dancing. It's all his idea. So you've got Tom Cruise makes uh, an unrecognizable uh, appearance as Les Grossman, mm. who is the movie 
studio head, I suppose. Yep. Uh, Chief financier. Chief financier. Um, so, yeah, studio head. The guy's in charge of the studio who keeps in charge of all the budget and all the money. And he's not happy. Um, but he has his sidekick with him as well, played by Bill Hader. Bill Hader. Who Bill is Hader fucking brilliant. Is it? amazing in everything. But <laughs> Bill Hader tells the sweetest stories about Tom Cruise because he says he's just the greatest guy in the world. Okay. And Bill Hader is... A fucking inch perfect bang on comedian. Oh, he yeah. is. He oh, is. He's yeah. a writer for South Park. Mm-hmm. The whole lot. But in a strange twist, apparently Tom Cruise did this film. Now, please somebody find the verification for this because I remember reading it years ago and I haven't been able to find it since. Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise done this film, overtaking another film because the studio that owned that film owned Comedy Central, right? And Comedy Central. Numerous times refused to drop the Scientology episode of South Park upon Tom Cruise and David Miscavige's request. Right. So Cruise found out that they dropped the, the proposal to drop the episode again for like the fucking 12th time and said, I'm not doing your movie. I'm going on to this other one. Right. And went to Ben Stiller with this character. And Stiller was like, no, 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 no. We want you to play the lead. And he went, no, I've got this other character I want to do. And apparently it's a parody of the studio head. Oh, of no the way. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, considering the length of Tom Cruise's career, there's no doubt Les Grossman wasn't, wasn't, he didn't have to dig too deep for it, I would say. He's no. probably met loads of those uh, in his time. Well, Hater, uh, Hater says... Probably that, been the guy himself. Well, yeah, of course, of course. Hater says he, um, all, the, all the plaudits you want about Tom Cruise, um, and he also said that at the premiere, Tom Cruise came up behind him and was talking to him, and he was freaking out. And Tom Cruise said, what's wrong? And he goes... Uh, you're Tom Cruise here You weren't Tom Cruise in the set You were Les Grossman You didn't even look like Tom Cruise Now you're Tom Cruise And I'm freaking out Because he was so so down to all Tom Cruise Yeah And it, I mean if you didn't know And you watched it for the first time You didn't see the credits who was in it You would be sitting for a minute and go Is that Well Is that Tom Cruise If you, were, if you voice recall really gives away, like, yeah. Back then uh, The trailer advertisers promotions Didn't have Tom Cruise yeah, in it It, it was meant yeah. to be a surprise But some inside Hollywood fucking Somebody tabloid leaked, it, yeah. leaked the picture And then everybody went Oh no Tom Cruise is in this <laughs> so, but then they pulled it back, yeah. and and I genuinely didn't know Tom Cruise was in it until the day I went to see the film. Oh right, and when then. I think I was reading an Empire Total Film review, and went, Tom, what? <laughs> so it, it was held back deliberately, and it and, and it works. It was fantastic. So here we have uh, Les Grossman is uh, basically taking it out on the director, who is played brilliantly by Steve Coogan. Um, Damien Cockburn as they call him now but he's Coburn Coburn. whenever he talks about it but uh, uh, this is him getting chowed out well this is him (laughs) Les Grossman getting uh, wasting so much money of the budget yeah but you'll also hear Nick Nolte in this Um, as we said he plays Four Leaf but his role was supposed to his scene was meant to be like him introduced like uh, Brando in Apocalypse Now (laughs) but they toned it down because there was just too much going on in this scene pants and you spank their ass you spank that ass Les what? Spanking a child turns him into a little snot. Fear makes him a man. I know a place where a man's worth is measured and the ears hanging from his dog tags. The real deep shit. You want to make this movie right? That's where you take your pansy ass actors. Who's this guy? Uh, Les, that's uh, Four Leaf. Sergeant Four Leaf Tabak. I wrote the book. Oh. You're a great American. This nation owes you a huge debt. Now shut the fuck up and let me do my job. Cockburn, 
Yes. From now on, my fist is going to be so far up your shithole that every time you have a thought, it's going to have to tiptoe past my wedding ring. Take control of your actors, Ron. <laughs> He's uh. It's a different Tom Cruise. <laughs> different Tom Cruise. Uh, the freedom he got with that, but again, as, as the background to it, obviously of him uh, uh, coming up the character himself, it's just uh, mm-hmm. fitted in so perfectly in this. Um, so Coogan um, obviously has, has taken these. Uh, oh, first there's a there's a Grossman spinoff apparently happening. Oh, is that right? It's been in development since 2014. Oh, excellent. Work goes into his daddy issues and why he's so angry. <laughs> ah, brilliant. So sorry. Go back to Coogan. Uh, so Coogan, yeah, is the the British director who uh, the limey fuck uh, called <laughs> Les calls him, who has uh, yeah taken these divas, these prima donnas, these actors. Um, so the main cast in the 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 actual movie being made is uh, Ben Stiller, Robert Downey Jr., um, Bratton T. Jackson, Jay Baruchel, uh, Jay Baruchel and Jack Black. And Jack Black. So that's the, the, the squadron, um, the unit. And uh, I mean, there's a lot of talk, obviously, um, at the time of Robert Downey Jr. and of him taking on that role. And um, But I mean, we've got the, 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 the making of the making of. Yes. Where uh, Coogan explains, uh, or sorry, I should say, Damien Coburn Damian explains um, that it's it's not racist. No, but we'll have to explain. Let's explain the documentary first. The <laughs> documentary is, is is the documentary is a piss take of the Heart of Darkness documentary that was about Apocalypse Now. Yeah, that's made by Eleanor Coppola, Francis Coppola's wife. Mm-hmm. So she has twenty four hour access to Coppola losing his mind, and it's all documented in this documentary. And if you haven't seen it, it's fucking unbelievable. Mm-hmm. This documentary, but this film. Is nearly as good (laughs) because not only does it show you like the the scenes where Robert Downey Jr. actually bringing Osiris's family (laughs) over (laughs) and all the other uh, behind the scenes stuff that you sort of get, you get hinted at in the film, but they don't explain it. Yeah. And then the doc, this is hosted by uh, Justin Theroux. The actor Justin Theroux is the guy we're talking about who co-wrote the film. He plays Jan Jürgen. Jan, Jan Jürgen. Who's a piss take of the Werner Herzog documentary mm-hmm. style. Uh, yeah, the voice And the, well. voice, the German voice. <laughs> so fucking good. But this is him talking to Coogan as Coogan loses his mind like Coppola. A myriad of black actors we could have cast, but that's what, that's what people do. The, there's, the list is endless. Denzel Washington. Sidney Poitier. <laughs> I could go on. Damien seemed blind to the pitfalls of casting a white actor to play the part of an African-American. We talked about whether it was racist or not, and we, we, we came to the conclusion that it definitely isn't racist, so that was reassuring. With race no longer an issue, Lazarus demanded to have the actual family of the real Sergeant Osiris flown from Galveston, Texas, all the way to Vietnam. His commitment to the role was breathtaking. It's working. It's working. It's so good. It's such a good documentary. <laughs> it hits all the right notes. Everything, yeah. They, they had to have been, and again, there's on-set stuff in this documentary that isn't in the film. So they had to be shooting the documentary in the alongside, alongside the film. The film who were pretending to make a film. To make a film really, about yeah, it. There's layers to that shit. Um, so yeah, we've got, so Kirk Lazarus is obviously the guy who's... Um, uh, playing Osiris, yes, but Kirk Lauder is a very almost De Niro like um, respected actor in mm-hmm. the real world. But what I loved in it was in that documentary, they talked about as we mentioned earlier, Satan's Alley, yes, and uh, how he prepared 
for that role. And the documentary, as you say, sort of delved in a bit deeper into yep. then questions we may have had. Uh, and this answered quite a lot, actually. <laughs> Lazarus's total commitment to past roles had been borderline unnerving. While in Ireland, preparing to play the gay priest in Satan's Alley, he was once found circumcising an adult male behind a pub in Belfast. <laughs> <laughs> thing is, probably, it's probably not that far from the truth. <laughs> you don't need to be an established actor to be at that in Belfast. Worst things have happened behind the back of a pub in Belfast. You're fucking right. Uh, so yes, I mean, I mean, the, the, the documentary is such an, a, a great addition to it. But even the, the film itself does a great. Um, justice to the sort of the foundations of it. I mean, the opening with the, as you mentioned, the trailers, mm-hmm. but then the lead on through and the the, the sort of in between because there's great action set pieces in this, especially oh. the one that fucks up because you've got you know all the special effects that goes wrong for them. But that's John Toll, the cinematographer. He did Braveheart and the Third Red Line and The Last Samurai, so he's done war films. He yeah. knows what they're supposed to look. So they, they didn't fuck around. With no, how this it's looked proper like. big budget. And it looks the part, and and I mean, in order to make it look like a failure, too, which is quite fucking that, genius. Yeah, that's the most impressive part. <coughs> um, so the 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 decision then, as as Sergeant Tabak suggested, there, take them to a place that uh, and drop them into real hell. So yeah. that they've been they've been dropped off into the jungle of Vietnam. Thinking they're some of them are thinking they're still in the movie and we're following the script, and the other ones are thinking, No, 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 we're lost here. Mm-hmm. There's cameras in the trees, yeah, there's yeah. everything's safe. Uh, poor Damien Coburn meets a sudden end, yes, again, which they believe is special effects and corn syrup, yeah, <laughs> blood flavored corn syrup, as, as Tug called it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and as they go through, you're sort of seeing the journey of the units because you've got all the different um elements to it. Because the, the, the genius of it all is whilst you have Kirk Lazarus playing a, a, a black character, mm. you also have an actual black character there yeah. in Brandon T. Who Jackson. Who never lets up on who him. Who always pulls him up on every single yep. thing, which is kind of, he's the black audience. Yes. You know, that's what he represents there. Go, what are you talking about, man? You're, well, they screened it to You're the, a white Australian. The NAACP, and not one journalist of African-American origin said, I have a problem with that. Yeah. They were all like, no, you've explained exactly what, yeah. numerous times yeah. that this person is so moronic that he would decide to take on the black role as opposed to the white role he's offered. Yeah. And he's so committed to it that, and I know it's a famous quote when he says he doesn't drop character yeah, until the DVD, character to the but DVD. he fucking did the DVD commentary in character. <laughs> oh, he did not, did it's he? In, in the oh, commentary. No I've never heard that. He does it <laughs> as Lazarus, or he does it as uh, Osiris. Osiris. But he, and then at the end, Robert Downey Jr. goes, right, so that's the end of the film, I can go back to normal now, sort of thing. Mighty. And it's brilliant. Mighty. Uh, right, we'll have to go and get a listen to that sometime. Uh, so yes, you've got Alpa Chino, which I always loved too. It was just a game, Alpa. just to get away. Alpa. So Alpa. You know that Chino. was meant to be uh, most deaf. Oh, was it? And he said he, he he wouldn't be able to pull it off. He just didn't think he had the acting chops for it, which I don't think is. If you ever seen Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, most mm, deaf. Most deaf is class. And I know he has a different name now, and I can't remember it. So apologies when yeah. we get offended. But Kevin Hart was also offered it. I could see Kevin Hart in that. So could I. But, but why I do you think, think Kevin Hart turned it down? Height? Because he couldn't play a gay man. Oh, okay. Kevin Hart's a bit of a dick. Mm. He's done a few dickish things towards mm. the... That was his official reason. That was? was his reason. He wouldn't be convincing as a gay man. Well... And considering that I don't see this character being portrayed, as only that he announces in one certain scene, um, which we will play, but it, 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 I can't see 
what his fucking logic there is. No, especially because none of his platoon knew he was gay. No. So how could you... Like <laughs> in 90% fact, of the fault. he should technically be able to do it very well. He should have been able to do it without an issue at all. <laughs> yeah, this, well, this is one, again, talking about their journey and their, their development of each character individually, because obviously Jack Black is losing his mind. He, he he is weeding himself off heroin because he hasn't been able to use heroin. <laughs> in the middle of the somebody took his jelly beans. <laughs> a bird came <laughs> to uh, And uh, so, yeah, here they are at, at night. Uh, usual sort of, again, a sort of homage to the, the wartime uh, movies where they're around the campfire and they're talking about... Everybody's um, opening up a wee bit. And if you remember the song we played, that horrible, horrible fucking song we played at the start, this guy is a man's man. Oh, my. Was he, is he officially a rapper? Is that what he he's is? A no, rapper, he's a rapper. Yeah, he's a rapper. Yeah. So he loved the pussy. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is them all talking around the campfire. It's simple as pie, man. You plant your feet in the ground, you look square in the eyes, and you say, hey, baby, you and me's going on today. That's in the story. What's the name? Lance. Listen here, Lance. Lance. What the fuck did I just hear, Lance? <laughs> did you say Lance? No. That sounded like Lance. No, I said Nance. That's what I said, Nance. It sounded like Lance. Look, I'm out with Chino, okay? I love the pussy, alright? Lay your ass back down and look at the stars. When you wrote I love the pussy, was you thinking of dangling your dice on Lance's forehead? <laughs> no, nah, hell no. <laughs> what? Look. Man, everyone's gay once in a while. I'm not gay. How about we do this? How about we all get back to work? Okay. This is ridiculous. Cool. We got a big day tomorrow. Let's get focused. Alpha, if you untie me, I will literally suck your dick right now. <laughs> I told you for the last time, I love the pussy. I'll cradle the balls, stroke the shaft, work the pipe, and swallow the gravy. Get it over here, buddy. Let's do this. <laughs> Johnson <laughs> tied oh, to a tree uh, because he's searching for <laughs> the heroin <laughs> because they find the mother load. Uh, <laughs> it's such a good scene. Oh, it's many. So there's so many <laughs> scenes they got because McConaughey is in this and as, uh, as well. Yes, I was from just afar, and but plays a blinder in this as Tug Speedman's agent, and it was meant to be Owen Wilson. Oh, but okay. Owen right. Wilson had had he had his suicide attempt. That's right. Like two oh, months before okay, filming. Yeah, yeah. So McConaughey came in sort of on the fly. But when you hear this one, way before all this mm -hmm. was even suggested, Stiller was writing himself as Peck as Matthew McConaughey's character. Right. With Keanu Reeves as Tug Speedman. What? That was his original idea. Probably could Keanu? actually. Uh, I don't know. Mm. It's one of those ones we always talk about here. Could they? Could they? I don't know. I could see Owen Wilson in that part, but I don't know if I could see, or, you know, in the part yeah, of McConaughey, he, I, but I, I don't know if I could see. Yeah, definitely. Keanu Reeves, not no. I don't know if he had the comedic chops. I mean, the only thing really comedy-wise is what, Bill and Ted? I mean, no. And, and it's only funny because he doesn't get anything in Bill yeah, and Ted. no, Ben Stiller, no, I don't, I don't just don't. So. There's no comparison. Like, I could have seen Cruz as Tuck Speedman. Yes. I, no bother at yeah, all. Yeah. He can do the tongue-in-cheek stuff, But yeah. I don't know. Keanu's a fucking chameleon, man. I don't know. He, he might be able to. <laughs> yeah, there'll be a lot less dialogue, you know? Like a stonehead in him. <laughs> uh, so, yes, we, we we move swiftly along because there's so many. Like, McConaughey plays the uh, the agent who will do mm -hmm. anything for Tug Speedman. Yeah. Uh, even though Tug Speedman... It seems Speedman, like it's his only, uh, his only actual... Actor, yeah, he doesn't seem to have anybody else, no. and he's 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 he will do anything for him. So the sort of rolling joke throughout the whole thing is that Tug Speedman had asked for a TiVo, which again is kind of 
Sky Plus. <laughs> He'd yeah. asked for Sky Plus and yeah. didn't get it, so he could record films or movies uh, and programs. And this was his sole goal, and I'm going to get this for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the point that later on, when they have actually come across, uh, across actual bad guys in Vietnam, um, who uh, heroin farmers, mm-hmm. who basically are very violent, mm-hmm. uh, even then, poor McConaughey is so insecure, he thinks they are a Asian talent agent. You're yeah. taking Tug Speedman away when they call with the flaming dragon. When they call with the ransom, <laughs> Pearl McConaughey's heartbroken, uh, and will do anything to get the TV. So again, them they, those sort of strands of the Les Grossman, the, the McConaughey, they all mm-hmm. sort of link, and even the Nick Nolte and all that. I mean, they, they always play a, they play the outside uh, external to the unit, but they play such a massive part. And some of them are quite scene stealing and the way they get on. Oh yeah, Danny McBride, a perfect example. Who's the special effects kind of crew guy? Aye, who who drifts in and out of the film, but again has a larger role because as the special effects guy, he's also been dropped off in the real world where yeah. people think it's being filmed, including him up to a point. Um, after Steve Coogan gets blown up, he realizes it wasn't him. We're, yeah. we're fucked here. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's a proper as well. He just plays Danny McBride, a proper redneck yeah. who loves to blow shit up, yeah. and the joy of watching him. And this is obviously the 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 contrast of. Vietnam and him just being a whirlwind and just wanting to fucking <laughs> get things lit. <laughs> That's all he wants to do. But I loved it because in, in, in the film, obviously, he's in charge of the massive, um, this is what the big sort of TMZ moment is. We're reporting back about the failures because a massive explosion scene that was costing, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars went off, jets flying past, and the camera wasn't rolling. Nobody filmed it. Nobody filmed it. So Danny McBride is, he's done his job, what he's supposed to do, but he's, yeah. he's fucking up as it goes along. But the great thing was in the documentary, uh, The Reign of Madness, by the way, is the name of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, go and take a look. You'll, you, you get a wee sort of insight into his character and uh, what he does for the art form. So behind the scenes, the cultural differences between the Vietnamese and the American grew were beginning to bubble over. Nowhere was this cultural divide more clearly illustrated than in the mind of the film's special effects and stunt coordinator, Cody Keith Underwood. Well, what was this place like uh, before you came here? Was it, uh... Oh, this place was incredible. I mean, this is, a, this is an animal sanctuary here, first off, and I, I believe it's sacred land. The brush was thick and the wildlife was thick, so it took us maybe... I don't know, six, seven days basically to just get that shit out of here and just get it ready for what we're doing. You know, something like that right there. I'm not trying to be dirty, but that kind of stuff, honestly, it makes gives me almost of a boner because it's just like there's Mother Nature who's obviously way bigger than we are, but here's how we take a little piss on Mother Nature's face right here. And it's just this. I mean, this is how we show that we're human, you know? I mean, it's our instinct to just fucking crack at it, just to beat her in her little mouth. You know, look at that. That's beautiful, you know. I don't know how long those trees have been growing for, but look what I'm fucking doing to them. You know, I win. I, I just beat nature today. <laughs> just a fucking idiot. Little trees on fire. <laughs> uh, so again, a kind of, there's subtle wee hints, you know, subtle wee nods, and that's why I suppose we keep using the, the word satirical, mm. because it has been known for film companies and film crews to come into an area and completely destroy it and completely ruin it. Yeah. Just to shoot a, a jungle film or to, you know, um, and to burn down a lot of trees that may have been growing for a long time. So there's subtle, like, serious nods in this where they oh, are yeah. completely aware of the filmmaking process and the madness of Hollywood and the budgets and how much money it costs and all that sort of stuff. Um, so that's why it always makes me sort of, I always class as one of the more smarter 
comedies that I would have seen maybe in the last 20 years. Um, it's a lot smarter than people give it credit for. Yeah. I, I've had a few people tell me over the last few weeks that they don't like it. Right, okay. And I asked them, do you not think it's funny? And they're like, no, 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 I, I really think it's funny. It's just a lot of people dislike it these days. And I went, no, no, do you dislike it? <laughs> they're like, well, you I've know, told not all, to the, all the stuff about, uh, you know, people with special needs and all that. And I went, hold on, hold on a minute. Are you only reading what other people are saying negatively about it? And then you've now formed it as your opinion? That, that is a modern world, isn't it? That's the way opinions are formed these days. Nobody can think for themselves, unfortunately, it's allowed. It's a very strange sort of way to think. <laughs> yeah. But I, I enjoyed it in 2008 and I enjoy it now. But I enjoy it more now because, uh, like a lot of the films we've covered in this podcast, it, it doesn't seem... It's funnier every time I watch it. I think it's even more relevant today. Yeah. Especially the sort of the discussion around um, the sort of uh, black uh, actors not getting roles that mm -hmm. they maybe should or would get normally. Um, and as well as that, discussions around even the use of the word retard and retard. You know, well, it, it, was, it keeps again, it sort of... On Robert, Robert Downey Jr. was asked, Joe Rogan podcast, he said... Could you make it today? And he gave the answer I said. He says, you could, but should you? That's the... Yeah. But he said he was so glad that when it came out... Because nobody was protesting about Robert Downey Jr. when it came out. Mm -hmm. They were only protesting about Ben Stiller and Simple Jack. Mm -hmm. And that's all they were protesting about. Yeah. And that was because, just like I said, the NAACP were invited to view the film, had no issues. Mm -hmm. But then when the special needs groups were, were brought in, yeah. every one of them had an issue with depictions and with... Yeah. And they even, and it's pretty poor taste, and I know the promotion for this was huge, and it was everywhere. Even the trailers released. The, but I think... But they released a website for Simple Jack. Oh, right, I didn't know Which that. was totally unnecessary. Because in the film, it, it tonally matched what it was supposed to, you know... You've got this Tug Speedman who has clearly been in the shittiest action movies out. Yeah. He's clearly been in the shittiest fucking movies that deal with anything serious at all. Mm -hmm. So, of course, he's going to be in a shitty movie that's going to be dealing with, you know what I mean? So His grab for glory yeah, or awards recognition. You, you definitely got to get... And, I mean, they really, really explain it well with the clip we played earlier as yeah. well. You know, the, 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 the level of Hollywood that you have to attain... Mm -hmm. Or the certain acceptable level that you have to do, but again, within this film, now setting up a website for Simple Jacks is a different story. They but within this film, you, you you completely get the tone of it because mm -hmm. it's smart and you, you see that what it's trying to expose. But again, uh, sometimes, as always, people just like to be offended. It's like an Olympic sport these days. Oh fuck me! It was a, it was the actual Special Olympics who arranged all the protests outside the premieres? The organizers yeah, of the yeah. Special Olympics. But, well, but I mean, I mean that, that's a literal, yeah. I, <laughs> that's literally, well, literally, literally, Olympic sport, Olympic uh, sport. <laughs> organizing protests. Uh, but again, and so again, a lot of, lot of hard hitting topics in that sense. But I think the bravery, let's put it together that film could not have been made, couldn't be made in 2008 with unknown actors. No, and it definitely couldn't be made today with unknown actors. No. But it's the it's the trust that you have in the people involved. Mm -hmm. Knowing it's directed by Stiller, knowing it's got Justin Terry writing it, you know, you know that the people behind it are good intentions. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be bad. Well, uh, was Stiller never never apologized for it? No, he shouldn't. I don't think and he should. The, but, no. but Downey Junior has been apologizing for it. As pr yeah, I mean, and I've been say, I've been thinking like, and even and that Joe Rogan interview is unbelievable. By the way, if you haven't heard it, with Robert Downey Junior. And he actually says like every day when he rang home. His mom would go, are you sure you want to do this, Robert? And his <laughs> wife would be like, 
Are you sure you're going to go? And he's in the middle of filming, like he's <laughs> fucking balls deep. He can't, he can't just pull out there. Yeah. So he's a, he he's the one that's having to. But even um, Jamie Fox said in yes, an interview, that's right. I've seen that I've seen that about how Joe much Rogan, yeah. he loved that performance. Yeah, and he said he, he didn't care at all in the world. And it was Jamie Fox who brought up white girls. He <laughs> says, "How come a year later, when the Wayans brothers portrayed white women, nobody yeah. gave a shit? Why yeah. is this a problem?" That's what I'm saying. Selective offensive. Uh, no, selective offenses is if it's probably just, the worst type. If it's just somebody, you know, portraying a black actor with blackface for no reason other than they think it's funny, that's stupid. That's very stupid. Yeah, and that's not going to work. And it wouldn't have worked in this. And it's not that. No. It's completely. It's it's a a, a complete different sort of uh, delve into the whole topic. I think to be honest with you, without actually delving into the topic, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's just brushed over. Yeah. And but again, you totally get the narcissism of this fucking actor. Who would think this is a good idea? Yeah, that's and his, again, that's his first that idea. Job off. But again, it's up to Alpa, Al Pacino in the middle of it to sort of explain, point yeah. out, going, you're taking jobs from black actors. Like and it's, it's, it's the scene where Al Pacino's explaining to him, you know, he, he says, well, what would you feel like if I portrayed a white Australian? And he's like, he starts doing the whole dingo ate my baby and mm-hmm. all this. And you can see, not Osiris, but Lazarus getting annoyed at him taking the piss out of Australians. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, so even there, They've he's showing so the, smart, yeah. It's very intelligent. Uh, so as they go on then Per Tog Speedman is, it's, uh, They all have some sort of psychotic breakdown Obviously Jack Black's is involved in heroin uh, you, know when Junior's. you know when uh, Robert Irwin Ben Stiller's having the breakdown And he fights the panda <laughs> yeah. And then he's got the panda head on And, and he's head. watching the iPod with Star Trek yeah. That's the scene with uh, The infamous scene with uh, William Shatner Fighting Gork or Gorn or but Ben Stiller is a Trekkie and actually owns that head. Oh, he actually owns the he head. He bought of, the original head of Gorn. He's such a nerd, isn't he? Like he's he the really biggest is. nerd. Yeah. Again, nerds aren't offensive. <laughs> They're no, not. They don't have bad intentions in their body. Absolutely not. No. Uh, yeah. So he's he's lost, and uh, the the whole the rest of the platoon then no no man left behind. They mm-hmm. want to go and, and rescue him. He has Been again captured. so fucking genius because he has finally found fame. It was one of those things where. Is it fame at any cost? Yes. You know, are you having, you're living in a fucking prison and you're being whipped and beat, but you're performing to a fact, packed out audience every night. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if you and recall. It, it delves into that sort of the movie star <coughs> breakdown when they do go to Broadway. Yes. And they decide to go and do a, a stage play to find themselves. But this was like, obviously, find themselves with heroin fucking but farmers. This is. This is uh this is Heath Ledger having a meltdown after doing the Joker, but after nine months of preparation, he's been here about a day and a half, <laughs> yeah. and he breaks already, yeah. having to perform Simple Jack night after night, which has only been two nights. <laughs> and he's already gone into, like yeah. you said, Broadway fucking psycho a- a- analysis, and he's, yeah. he's gone. He's in another world. Become, I'm, I'm, I'm one with the audience and all this stuff. <laughs> Uh, so this is uh, this is Robert Downey Jr. This is uh, Osiris trying to get Tug Speedman to to wake up and get out of here because Tug is a wee bit lost. He's a wee bit lost. You can focus up now, motherfucking Satan. It's me, Tug. It's me, Tug. That's right. Now, Tug who? Tug who? I don't know. Who are you? Me? I know who I am. I'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. What? <laughs> you a dude that don't know what dude he is. Or are you a dude who has no idea what dude he is and claims to know what dude he is? What the fuck are you guys talking about? I play other dudes. I know what dude I am! You're scared. I get scared of what? You're scared of who? Scared of who? Come on guys, we really need to go! I'm scared of you. <laughs> 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 
So there's two mental breakdowns in that one. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, see Robert Downey Jr. Just as we aside, you know his father clearly Robert Downey Sr. Mm-hmm. Um, who's like a well-respected actor in his own right. He he was in a lot of Paul Thomas Anderson films. Right. Okay. His uncle Jim Downey mm-hmm. is the head writer. Was the head writer of Saturday Night Live for ever. Right. And he's said to be second in importance to Saturday Night Live only to Lorne Michaels oh, as, you right, know, okay, the, yeah. the guy who set the bar of w- what standard it has to be every Saturday. So he was also in There Will Be Blood. But he's most memorable. Do you remember Billy Madison? Mm-hmm. That Adam Sandler film? Yeah. Remember when they do the, the academic decathlon at the end? Yeah. The boy that hosts it is Jim Downey. Get out of it. His famous put down to Sanders... About the Industrial Revolution, where he says, at no point <laughs> in that inane ramblings, did you even oh, yeah. try to make a coherent thought? Sandler. Sandler. Sanders. Sandler, sorry. <laughs> and he goes, uh, he based that response, that that written part for uh-huh. Jim Downey, on a Jim Downey put-down that he gave in the writer's room of Saturday Night Live to Chris Farley. No way. And Adam Sandler says, he doesn't, he didn't do it once. He did it every time Chris Farley pitched an idea for a sketch. Because he says they were always the stupidest fucking idea he'd ever heard. And he would go on this two to three minute, just monotone put down of Chris Farley. To the point where Chris Farley just didn't turn up to pitch meetings anymore. Because Jim Downey was just so acidic. Which is kind of where, if you ever like watching interviews with Robert Downey Jr., he's a funny, funny man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, very. I mean, obviously, then, I mean, Avengers and all showed, I mean, his comic time and all the rest. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I mean, you've you've got then the the, the sort of the finale, then they make the escape and they get away, and obviously everything's very successful and. Finally, the recognition comes for the for the boys. Uh, Stiller, I mean, obviously was the director of this, but I mean, uh, he's directed well. One of my favorite films, actually, is directed by him was Mystery Man. Yeah, uh, Cable Guy. Uh, well, Cable Guy as well, which Mystery is very Man's brilliant. But Mystery Man's fucking unreal. So I was very pleased to see Ben Stiller uh, back directing. He's done things in between. Didn't he do TV the, shows? That he's done the that, Life uh, of Walter Mitty. Was on yes, him as he well. did that as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, the rest of the crew, obviously, Downey Jr. then went on to... Well, he was he was sort of... Uh, in the documentary, you can see a, a making of, of, of his makeup and how many hours he had to sit in the seat. Mm-hmm. And he actually said he was just coming off Iron Man. Uh, oh, Iron Man's released the same year. And there's a quote from him when he's sitting on the seat and he says, uh, yeah, I'm just finished Iron Man. He says, by the way, that's going to be a trilogy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then that yeah. was just... That just out. Uh-huh. Let alone what it turned out to oh, be absolutely. in the Marvel universe. But it, at the point, like Robert Downey Jr. was uninsurable mm. at this point. Yeah, well, he was still. Yeah, it was very hard to touch because it was he he he'd been in and out of rehab in prison for yeah. since nineteen ninety two, and it was only when he met his now wife that he started to sober up. Mm-hmm. Like Robert Downey Jr. was found in a person's sofa sleeping. Yeah, he'd walked into a Beverly Hills home out of it mm-hmm. and lay down on the sofa. Downey has downed a lot. He downed many times. He downed a lot of things uh, in his time. His sort of recovery or... Uh, miraculous recovery? Miraculous recovery, but it's also like a resurgence in his career is just unbelievable. Um, but well justified. Yeah. Very good actor. Who, He's phenomenal. Again, shows his acting chops in this. Some of the other things about this, uh, you said you know, uh, Justin Theroux comes through an awful lot um, in the writing. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the standout scenes always was Jay Baruchel's character talking about 
HD DVD versus Blu-ray. Absolutely. Which was always a great spiel about wherever porn goes, that's what's going to... Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> and it was so true. Uh, and that was uh, at the time when that was a debate that was happening. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Uh, they were completely right. Blu-ray won out. I remember that same debate about DVD. I remember me and a friend of mine talking about, why is DVD the one? Yeah. How come Laserdisc, which has been out for ages, just never took off? And they were like, oh, because porn found DVD. <laughs> and I was porn like, what? And then it came on the list. And I was like, what? Yeah. So then the PlayStation 3, you know, all that crack. So there's always very smart things, uh, even dialogue within it too. There's so much to catch up in this film. So um, go and rewatch it. And I mean, there's, it's amazing the amount of different layers and stuff that you think you, you thought you knew, you thought you'd seen, and you've totally forgot about. No, and the documentary adds to it. The tenfold. Re- go and watch the film, then watch the documentary. Rain of it Madness. On. It's on YouTube. Yeah, it's, it's on, on, YouTube. on YouTube. Rain of Madness. And uh, yeah, I mean, and then go and watch some of the extras of uh, Tom Cruise and some of the, the blooper reels and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, very, very well worth it. So, another uh, another topic done. Our topic, our topic, Tropic Thunder. Tropic, Tropic. And uh, we will be back again very soon. So, thank you very much for listening. As always, go and please tell your mates, tell your people you love. Even tell the people you don't love uh, to come and subscribe and please leave us a wee review. I think it's only Apple you can leave the review on. You can only leave a review on Apple. And on our Apple podcast, it has our old logo and we can't change it for some fucking reason. Oh, okay. So it's, it is us. It is us. And Spotify has all the episodes, but Apple's missing a few at the start. Okay. So if you go on Spotify, you get all of them. But if you're on Apple, if and you, if you're even on if Apple, you message us, we can send you the link. When you see the one. episode list, you scroll to the very bottom, and that's the review section. So hit the five stars. The other buttons don't mm-hmm. work. And then leave us a wee review. And thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for listening. Over and out. <laughs> Over.